Offering bundled products is quite simply one of the most important things you could do when running an online store. Bundles are so effective that it's one of the few things that's on every single product page on Amazon. Why? Because it works! The easiest way to add powerful and flexible bundle options to your store is the Bold Bundles app. It's become my favorite bundle app. I recently learned it's one of the few on Shopify that doesn't duplicate products or variants and doesn't rely on coupon codes either, so it doesn't mess up your inventory. Every store has a different idea of how they want to offer bundles. Bold Bundles can handle them all. It could do traditional group bundles, BOGO bundles, even no discount, you may also like bundles. The coolest thing though, at least according to me, is the combo product. Bold lets you create a virtual product that represents the bundle, so you can edit the product just like any other in your store, but when a customer adds it to the cart, Bold Bundles adds all the products in the bundle at whatever discount you set. It's seamless. So if you want to add bundles to your Shopify store and increase your average order value in the process, I highly recommend the Bold Bundles app. And as a listener of the unofficial Shopify podcast, Bold is offering it to you free for two months. Just go to kurtelster.com bold, and you can install it from there to get your exclusive offer. kurtelster.com bold. What's the number one customer support request you get? I bet it's, hey, where's my order? My friends at Ventov, makers of SEO Meta Manager, have a solution for this. It's called Order Lookup, and it lets customers look up their orders, right, good name, with either their email or order number, reducing the order inquiries you get in your inbox. We use it on our own high-volume Shopify Plus client stores, like Hoonigan and Yvonne Stells to provide real-time order info to customers with a fully customizable order lookup page, so you can keep that thing on brand. And hey, if you're a dropshipper, it even works with ePacket. You can get a seven-day free trial when you search order lookup in the App Store. Huh. So, good sir, how's that garage door opener working that we installed over the weekend? Uh, it's quiet. Excellent. Almost, almost too quiet. I didn't get to hear the old one. What was wrong with the old one? The old one was like, it was just like a machine gun. It was clearly like a weird old chain device, and it was like, just going. That, and it was like startlingly loud. It was startlingly loud, whereas... This one is startlingly, startlingly quiet. Like you hit the button and there's a split second where you're like, Did, is it going? And then it, it makes enough noise that you realize it's going. Because it also, it also eases into the pull-up. Yes. That's a belt drive DC motor. It's very exciting stuff. It's <laughs> oh, very yeah. quiet. That's thrilling. Compared to those chain drive AC motors. Mm, no, I don't think so. None of that for us. No. Loud garage door openers. I look like a caveman. Ridiculous. Uh, all right. Did I mention getting a rabbit? I got a rabbit. Oh, you got a rabbit? I've never heard about this rabbit. Had no idea. <laughs> I've never seen an Instagram video of it or you directly mm -hmm. texting me videos of it. Correct. I have no clue. Yes. No, this is all new information for you. Mm -hmm. My wife's lifelong dream was adopt a bunny. So when she said, uh, can I uh, think about getting a bunny? I was like, all right, adopt a bunny. She didn't know what to do. She's like, is this a trick? What's the, what's the problem here? So I was like, all right, just... Get a book, be a bunny expert, and if a month, if you still want to adopt a bunny, go for it. I will support you. As long as I don't have to do anything. Like, I'm just a passive uh, passive participant in the bunny adoption scenario. 
But I wanted to be a good bunny parent, so I read up a little bit. And lo and behold, the bunny has cho- I am the chosen one. I'm King Bunny. I, you know, the, those memes about, like, the dads who didn't want pets, and then, like, they're in love with this cat. That's basically me and this rabbit now. Yeah, and that might be happening with us, because my wife wants a dog really bad. Like, she's a heavy, heavy dog person. And I really don't care. And before, we were fine because the apartment didn't allow dogs, but now it's like, oh, you have a house. We can get a dog now. And she's been ready for this dog. And I've been like, can we hold off on it until, like, our house has stuff and we feel, you know, lived in and comfortable in it? Because you've been there. The entire first floor has no furniture in it. (laughs) It's just a giant empty space. You know, I wouldn't feel too guilty about that with, A, the pandemic, and B, I did the same thing in my house. Oh, no. We moved from, like, 1,400 square feet to 4,000. I'm not spending money on furniture for all that extra square footage. You just got to space out what you got. Well, and I'm not even feeling bad about it. And yes, it's impossible. There's things that we bought before we moved a month ago that we still haven't gotten yet. Like everything is at least three weeks out. Yeah. It's funny that like supply chain issues have not stopped. It's just an ongoing concern. It's like, oh, you're going to order something. Am I getting it, you know, tomorrow or a month from now? Yeah. Every piece I've ordered is, is at least two or three weeks. Well, and I th- that's also an area where, because people were spending so much more time in their homes, there's a lot of home upgrades happening. Like, even I notice it just in walking around our neighborhood. Um, there's just so many, like, uh, clear construction projects and renos and remodeling and f- maintenance, like, deferred maintenance and repair that's finally happening. Yeah, but so, you know, we got other projects we want to do, and I'm kind of like, can we just have the house feel like it's done and have a party, and then we can get a dog? And... There were a lot of things that were like her job of like she was supposed to handle and they weren't getting done. And I was sort of like, hey, you know what? Whatever. We all got our own stuff to worry about. She's literally every weekend goes to work in the ICU in the middle of the pandemic. Hey, thank her for her service. Yeah, no, I do. I thank her for her service every night. Yes. And suddenly last night when I was like, yeah, I don't want to get the dog until the house is done. Weirdly, lo and behold, a lot of movement this morning on the contractors and other people she was tasked with hiring. (laughs) <laughs> funny how that worked out once that was a block to the dog you need you need the carrot and the stick <laughs> and the dog was both carrot and stick because you're like no dog <laughs> also you get dog if these things get done yeah yeah the that's some important management lessons right there yeah you know that's um, how you want to treat your spouse is you want to just manage them that's yes that's healthy yeah that's exact. yeah much like i manage my children they have quarterly reviews they've got uh kpis that we follow none of that is true um so on the, what was funny about the rabbit though, the years ago, like multiple years ago, we uh, did some theme customizations on a site called a Shopify store called Small Pet Select. And their big thing was like, they sold the best Timothy hay for your small animal, be it rabbit, guinea pig. Apparently if you're like a rabbit, hay is extremely exciting. This rabbit goes bonkers when we bring out some hay. And I've, like, when you think about, you know, how does your customer hear about you? And why is my conversion rate only like 1%? Well, because it's you know, people like me who go, oh, that's interesting. That's cool. And then literally years later, when my wife's adopting this rabbit, I go, hey, check out this site that we worked on that is known for having phenomenal Timothy hay order from here. And now I have a gigantic, unreasonably large quantity of Timothy hay from a Shopify store in my garage. I went to high school with a guy named Timothy hay. Really? No. No, I, I was like, is this a bit? Are he really? I'd like to know more about Mr. Hay. No, I didn't. 
I don't know why it's called Timothy Hay. I don't know. I specify the kind of hay. I don't know the difference between hay. I guess there's different hay. We're city boys. You know, occasionally you... Yeah, as city boys, like, a hay bale is a thing you buy as Halloween decor. Well, and you feed it to a horse. Yeah, okay, true. Or, you know, your small pet. All right. So, apparently we're recording a podcast about e-commerce here. Today on the unofficial Shopify podcast, we're going to cover four things. What's new in Shopify themes? Okay, so really, uh, we're going to talk about Turbo specifically, but it applies to all themes. What we're working on, a few few neat things. A The broken promises of accessibility. Ooh, man. Oh, we're, you're going to get a Paul rant on this one. And then finally, a teardown of Away Travel. Mr. Rita, did I get that right? Did I miss anything? Well, you're the one that writes the show notes, so I would hope you have it right. <sighs> Just play along. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, no, no, that's what we went over in the morning meeting and nailed it. Yeah. I, believe and I just you, sent it to you in Slack. It was like, this good? Yeah, you sent me a text file that I have open. I mean, I assume you're reading it too. Yes, I well, I have mine printed. I'm very fancy. <laughs> okay, so the our, our recent work, had we mentioned that that KeySmart site went live in the past? I don't know. Was it live two weeks ago when we last recorded? So I, I have completely lost track of time. Like, I can no longer sequence events. It's horrible. So if we've talked about Keysmart before, I'm sorry. But that site's awesome. It's really cool. GetKeysmart.com. It's um, a severely customized version of Turbo. Like, I, Turbo's the base. I would in no way, at this point, call it Turbo because it's really, we use Turbo as a framework and then it's all custom page templates. But yeah, like, if there's, if there's blame, put the blame on us, not on Turbo. Yes. <laughs> yeah, leave, leave out of the sandbox out of this. Those poor, <laughs> poor devils. Um... No, that I think of all the the sites we've worked on, the custom themes we've worked on, this one has more custom templates or like product templates, page templates than literally any other theme, right? Yeah, we made a huge error in doing this before Sections Anywhere launched because they want a custom paid template for every single product on their store. And so I had to do that and it's a <laughs> it's a nightmare to keep up. If we yeah, had, well, and a, if we had yes. sections anywhere, it could have just all been one thing. And so this gets into like the very real problem of why sections everywhere is being rolled out and why it's such a big deal. It's going to be a heavy lift for every theme developer, for merchants who have to upgrade themes. But I think it's absolutely going to be worth it. So like the current scenario is um, you, you want you've got your standard product template. And then let's say you've got a fancy product template out of the sandbox and their themes has product.details in which you can add a bunch of section blocks into uh like at the end of the the theme description uh so you could do like really fancy article pages i'm working on one right now where i'm literally taking someone's blog articles and like piecing highlights into a best-selling product the problem with like if you're doing this for one product or you have like one you can apply this template to multiple products you're good the moment you have to have separate detail templates for separate products you have to duplicate the template right and then that means if there's a new section added, okay, I have to add that to every single template. And my, the whole thing um, becomes unwieldy the more variations on this template you make. The idea behind sections everywhere is all this stuff becomes universal and works in a much saner fashion. So I've got like sections that would work on my homepage, sections that are added by apps dynamically, sections for product pages. There's just like one un The way I understand it is I get like a universal bucket of sections. And I'm no longer dealing with this, like, you know, the multiple templates thing where currently 
your sections and your content are tied to the page template file itself. In this new version, it's going to be tied to the URL. So I could be like, all right, I want page.details on these 10 products. And that say the content on each of those templates is unique per each product. Yeah. Essentially, it turns the whole thing into like a drag and drop WYSIWYG editor. Okay, we won't go that far, but it's getting there. Optimally, yeah, it's, it's closer to that than the current situation. And I have yet to actually play with this thing or see it in the wild, so I'm speculating. But this is the way I understand it. I, this is my dream, anyway. Yeah, I hope so. I hope that's I how hope it works. I hope it works that way. <laughs> I hope it appears. <laughs> yes, well, I, I have heard the scuttlebutt is like it's actively being worked on um, and that it, it is coming. It is not, not vaporware. Uh, let's see. The, ooh, and another... I, I wrote down all the stuff we worked on, but rather than go at it forever, I just want to cover a couple others. Uh, I worked on this site, and I apologize, if you're not into guns, I'm sorry. I don't actually own a gun, but the we worked on the site Flashbang Holsters. It is a women-owned business, and they make gun holsters for concealed carry specifically for women, uh, and their big seller is a bra holster. And so they had, it was like, a really, it was a great product, great market, sold well but the site the theme itself was not doing them any favors and because this is a new product for most people there's a ton of questions around it uh especially around like uh, sizing and fit so we went through and i answered a i built like a whole faq section for them and really really fancied up the template and i'm thrilled uh the conversion rate on that after seven days and that's not a great sample size it's a short window but it's up 20 percent so I, I love those scenarios where like everything about the the Shopify business is successful, but really like just the presentation of the theme is holding them back. And so you know, being able to go in uh, and set like set up a really polished, pretty theme setup, and then see a week later, you know your your average order value and your conversion rate and add to cart rate and reach see all those KPIs go up. It's just really satisfying. Yeah, that's our sweet spot. Is you have your entire business figured out and can execute it. It's just that your website needs improvement. Yeah. Then we can just some... like help you print money if you <laughs> if that's the situation. Yeah, because that's like that is our our core core competency. I think um, those are the projects that go uh, have the highest impact and move the fastest. So so uh, Shopify themes have been seeing some updates lately. Have they? Well, yes, yes. Yeah, it's been. It's been terrible for us because, once again, we did a bunch of work in s starting on new theme developments in January and February. And then uh, Shopify dropped AR and video support for everyone into your product areas. And then Turbo updated itself to Turbo 6.0, which includes all that uh, support for all that stuff. See, the thing is, though, we had already started all of our projects and we were like, you know, 30 to 70% done on all of them. And then the people were like, oh, can I get video now? And we were like, oh, no, we started you on the old version. So we would have to start literally all over again. Because so all these projects are intense uh, screwing with the base turbo theme. Like, you're never updating this thing ever again because we screwed with it too hard. Yeah, it's no longer, it's like only, you know, 20% turbo by the end. Yeah. It's like when you see a really custom car and they're like, it's a, you know, it's a Ford Focus. Not anymore, it's not. Uh, um, it's a, uh, whose ship was it? I'm trying to remember. 
there's a there's a there's a philosophy question of um uh, it's an ancient Greek name and it's his ship and then as the ship breaks he uh, replaces all the boards on the ship so when he's done and he has repl- over the course of his travels as he after he's replaced every board is it still the same ship and if and if the answer is no when did it stop oh I don't know yeah think about that yeah, we're dealing with that with these custom themes now <laughs> think about that so the well actually that, that brings up an interesting question so there's other changes they added um, but the one we're seeing the, the most requests for is this native video support. So first, describe to me this, this Shopify product media types, this native video support. Um, oh, and so the thing is, is that Shopify boned us in that <laughs> our... Uh, technical term. Technical term. In that our clients didn't know about this, but then Shopify put a message in all the product pages that was like, oh, hey, you could drop videos in here now, but the videos won't work unless your theme supports it and updates it. Supports oh, jeez, Rick. And then, so all the, all of our clients were like, "Oh, does our theme support these videos?" And we got to be like, "No, no, you no, should you should have waited. We have to two, add it. You should have waited two months." Well, <laughs> so if your theme doesn't support it, you got three options: one, do nothing. It's always a choice. Uh, number two, run the theme updater if your theme supports it and pray it works. Or three, backport the support for it into the theme, which is what you ended up doing on several themes. Or, you are now, or get a new theme. Or, yeah, upgrade. Or just, if, if you're thinking about upgrading themes, I think these are some great reasons to do so. Yeah. Um, so what, uh, what is that, what does adding that support look like? Uh, so uh, previously, uh, products would just have images attached to them. It was product images. And now it's not product images anymore. It's product media. And then under product media, it can be like video. It can be, um, I think it's called, I think AR is what it is. I don't remember what the... You could do 3D or you could do augmented reality. Yeah. Both of those require you just, you put in a 3D model. Uh, product media, Shopify Help Center. I'm just going to look it up. Uh, yeah, so now there's uh, videos, 3D models, and images is what they're called. And so then you call them and it's like, well, okay, it iterates through all the product media and then it has to, you have to set up rules where it's like, okay, if the product media is a video, do this. If the product media is an image, do this. And, but I mean, this is a, this is probably like the most complex part that I deal with on a regular basis is because if you think about product media, it is a, it affects a bunch of stuff like you have a it's a whole slideshow so it's like well you got to make sure all the ar and the video shows up correctly in the slideshow there's all the variants connected to it so it's like oh well when it selects when people are selecting the variant like the color you're going to want it to switch to that color and do all this other stuff so there's a lot of moving parts involving the product media and now they've added this whole new type and you got to just rewrite the whole friggin' thing and then you know there's all the video rules where it's like okay well is the video going to autoplay is it not going to autoplay like how does this work I haven't touched any 3D model stuff yet. I don't even know how to do that. I've seen it on uh, a few stores. Uh, Brent Dowd's Tosso, he set up a demo where it's literally, like if you Google uh, Tosso 3D collection, I think he has like a collection literally for just demonstrating this effect. And it's really cool. Uh, and it works natively on iOS devices. So it's not like they have to download some extra app or anything. It just works in Safari. It's very cool. Uh, the tough part is, you know, 
who the heck knows where to get a 3D model made? From the people I've talked to who've done it, it's not expensive, um, but you still got to source it and do it. I assume it's a thing where it's like, there's guys that can do it and it's fine, and then there's guys that can do it and it's awesome. And you have to like, Probably. you got to like shop around for like the people that truly know what they're doing. It was cheaper than I thought it would be though. And I think it also depends on like what your source material is and how complex it is. Obviously like a teapot is a lot different than a stroller you know, to model. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they've got, all right. So they, if you upgrade the theme to support product media types, you get video augmented reality in 3d where you just drag and drop it. Uh, and it works. The, other native support that these themes are adding now is uh, Shopify's native currency selector. So a person can pick their theme on the front end and all the prices show correctly. And then in checkout, if you're using Shopify payments, it processes everything in their native currency. Uh, you don't have any control over it. It does all the conversions automatically. In Shopify Plus, I think they've got rounding rules where you can you know make it round to. So it's, instead of being like 74 cents, it always rounds it to 99. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's nice. And also Shopify's native multi-language capabilities have rolled out as well. So I think those three are, are good reasons if you're looking looking for an excuse to change themes or update your theme. Yeah, and for the video, it supports uh, your own HTML5 video. If you have, you could just drag, drag and drop in there. Or there's one that's add video from URL, which currently only supports YouTube. But you could put a, that, but you could put a YouTube link in there and it pulls it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Hmm, I like that. The... And then, like, specific to Turbo is, you know, they had that thing where you could show the second product image on Hover on desktop in the collection grid, which I really liked. That also supports video now. So if you've got, like, you do your first image as your default image, and then your second image, you do video. And then if they hover over it, the video auto plays as in the thumbnail. So yeah, that one you can actually see in action on uh, Corsa Performance, where, like, they do, many of them have a video clip so you can hear the muffler. And you hover over it and plays it right in the collection. I thought it was really cool. Oh, it's got sound? Yeah. I was thinking of it as like an animated GIF replacement. Maybe it doesn't have sound. I don't think it I, Don't quote me on that. I don't know. <laughs> Just go play with it. I don't know what I'm talking about half the time. She's not that old. I don't know what I'm doing. Don't I know it. Uh, I want to hear about accessibility. Mm, I've been dealing <laughs> with some stuff. So where to begin? All right, well, let's start with number one. Over the last several years, we have seen uh, merchants getting hit with accessibility lawsuits. How does that work? All right, so in, I believe, 1990 or 1991, Congress passed uh, a law called the Americans with Disabilities Act, and it guaranteed, it didn't, uh, it required of businesses to provide um, accessibility to people with disabilities. Like if you are in a wheelchair, uh, there need to be ramps so you can get in. And if you're blind, there needs to be a way for blind people to navigate your uh, location, your place of public accommodation. Um, and I mean, it, it's a big law. It was a, it's an important law because, you know, disabled people are citizens too and deserve full access to our country. And everyone will be disabled one day. Like, as you grow old, you will lose certain abilities. So the problem was this, and it, you know, you have to be a certain size. I mean, some mom and pop shop in a small town isn't going to have to, you know, tear down their entire building because it's not accessible. 
Um, the problem was this law was written in 1990, so it doesn't talk about websites at all, but it talked about stores. And so now the question is, well, does the American Disabilities Act apply to websites? And if a blind uh, a person with sight issues or mobility issues um, can navigate your website, or if they can't navigate your website, are you breaking the law? And so there's like, uh, within the last five years or so, there's been a lot of, I would call them shady lawyers in that there's just lawyers that are just sending demand letters to small businesses being like, we went on your website, your website is not ADA compliant. Um, you need to send us money as a settlement agreement. Otherwise we are taking this to court and you're going to have to fight us in court and this whole thing. And they have these straw plaintiffs which are just like, you know, they found a random person who has sight issues and then using that person's, that person's working with them and then they just sue like 50 companies at one time. And they're just sending out demand letters and looking to get cash payouts. Like this, this isn't, feels it's not about, it's not about changing, it's not about changing the websites and like making things better for other people. It's about just getting quick hits of cash. Yeah, it feels like um, patent trolls. Yeah. And the thing is, is that, you know, it's up in the air because the federal, the government has not stepped in with any sort of standards. The internet standards people kind of have a standard, but they're working on it and it's not consistent. And in like the internet consortium standards don't have the force of law. So if you get sued and you go to a judge who's like, you know, some 65 year old federal judge who like, you know, doesn't use email there's a good chance of that then it becomes like okay well how am i going to convince this judge about what a website means i mean everyone writing the laws these days is like in their freaking 70s so so it's just this horrible gray area that a lot of like vultures have swooped into and are just feasting on people and so you've got the scenario where you do your best to build a website but the because the standards are kind of lax. Um, the standards you, you were trying. The standards, uh, the standards themselves, the legal standards, are just a complete wild west show. I mean, I, I was complaining because we were trying to do this for one of our clients that was getting sued. Um, was that it's just like, oh yeah, um, well, uh, guess what? You have a website, so one day a Velociraptor is going to show up at your door and tear your arm off, but it might not. Uh, oh God! Well, how do I stop the Velociraptor? Oh, uh, no one knows. Like there's no, <laughs> there's nothing that can, that we can guarantee you'll stop it. I mean, you could do this stuff. It might make it not come get you, but it might come get you. But also there's only like a 1% chance it come get, it comes and gets you. But if it does come and get you, it's going to rip your arm off. Like, uh, okay, well, what do I do? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that's, that's the problem is it really is unclear what your, what your level of responsibility is. And I think it comes down to, is the website accessible? We understand that, but then what is the definition of that? And so there's a series of guidelines and standards that you're supposed to implement on a site, but it turns out they're a little squishy and uh, a little strange to implement. What was your experience there? Um, let me just wheel this back for a second. Okay. So in the court part of it, there have been federal court rulings in some places, you know, the judges have been like, if it's just a website, it doesn't count. Uh, you can't sue them. Get out of here. And then in other places, most specifically in a ruling against Domino's, um, 
There was a ruling against Domino's in federal court a couple months ago. The pizza people? The pizza people, because you couldn't, uh, whatever, it was determined that the Domino's website was not accessible to order a pizza. The judge was like, well, you, it, the law clearly applies to you because you have a bunch of stores. And since you have stores that fall under the ADA, that means your website must also fall under the ADA. And so it was like, okay, well, that's some guidance, but what if you don't have a physical location? And it's like, oh, well, I don't know. We're back in the Wild West again. Like, who knows? So hmm. it's really bad. And, like, this, this was also happening with a lot of hotels uh, right. a couple I think of that's years where, ago. Is that where it started? I think it started with hotels a couple of years ago. And then, like, all hotels banded together and just formed, like, they were, like, formed a collective defense agreement or whatever. And we're like, we're going to fight all of these lawsuits. If you want to take us to court, fine. We have a ton of money that we are now throwing against our giant lawyers to fight all these in court. And it, so that it became no longer easy money. And now these guys moved on to small e-commerce places. All right. How do I test for it? And then how do I fix it? I don't know. You're the one that knows that. Okay. <laughs> well, I th- so ultimately... I just do the things I'm told. <laughs> there's, a, a, there's a series of guidelines called... Uh, WCAG 2.1. That is, seems to be our safe harbor. If you are, if you can meet those guidelines, then your website should be accessible. In adi- so that, and that's all technical. In addition to that, you, know, you need to have an accessibility statement on the site where you explain here, like, yes, we, this is important and we take it seriously. Here are the accommodations we're going to make for you. And if we have still failed you, here's how to get a hold of us so we could take care of it for you. I also like to go a step further and just put it in the footer and say, hey, if you are having any diff, that way it's on every single page on the site. Hey, if you're having any difficulty accessing the site uh, because of an issue with uh, related to the Americans with Disabilities Act, please, here's how to get a hold of us. We will take care of it for you. And hopefully, you know, then you can get details on what the issue is. You can directly uh, use customer service to assist the customer and then also go back and uh, fix the issue on the site. All right, so how do you figure out if you are in line with those WCAG 2.1 standards? There's a ton of accessibility testing tools out there, and I think they're all garbage. The one <laughs> that, di- yes, the one that didn't suck was Accessibee's audit tool. And it was, it's extremely detailed. It was extremely helpful, and it's the one that you followed uh, in implementing uh, their best practices on the site. The problem is, even trying to implement everything that they tell you, you still can't quite get to WCAG 2.1 um, because of you know, technical limitations with uh, apps, with Shopify, at least as, you know, by the way, this testing tool has defined and tested for it. So once we got that far, where it's like, okay, we're like 80% of the way there. We feel good. We have made clear effort to fix this, to make this easier for someone using a screen reader, a blind reader. Uh, and... Then the final step was there are uh, accessibility enablers. Uh, there are apps, scripts, widgets that add a bunch of tools to the site that let people uh, more easily navigate the site and uh, also kind of like customize and modify the site so they can read it more easily. Like, for example, if you have dyslexia, some fonts are harder to read than others. So there is a font called, um, I think it's called Open Dyslexia, and that is an open source font for uh, dyslexics and so this like an accessibility toolbar could switch the whole site to that font make it easier to read uh, i think that but the I, I think that font was debunked oh really yeah. <laughs> oh no <laughs> Ugh. 
Oh. <laughs> All right, don't listen to me. Um, I picked a bad example there. The, but yeah, I think a lot of, I think the most important part is to go, yes, we're taking this seriously, and yes, we're trying, and here's, you know, if we have failed you in any way, here's what you could do about it and how we can help you. I think showing that, um, is is really the most important part here. Uh, open dyslexia's benefit has been questioned in scientific studies. So oh. maybe you semi-bunk. Um, okay. and, and, you know, th- and to go back, back what you were talking about, a lot of the stuff in, in the ADA involves good faith efforts. So, you know, if outside your store, you are like putting in a ramp to, you know, allow for wheelchair access, but like the ramp doesn't conform to the actual standard of what a ramp has to be like there's they're gonna they're not gonna come down on you as hard because it's like you tried to build the ramp you didn't build the ramp perfectly but we're not going to give you a freaking fifty thousand dollar fine for not having the ramp right like just build a build the right ramp like but yeah i think taking it showing that like yes hey we were actively taking this seriously goes a long way at the same time it is important to note neither of us are lawyers we're not lawyers 100 percent. we are definitely not lawyers don't listen to us Hit the button. I do, however, have access to the Law and Order theme. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, I'm reading from this from ADA.gov right now. Uh, God damn it. (laughs) As an accident. Will good faith efforts be considered in determining the amount of civil penalty? Yes. In considering what amount of civil penalty, if any, is appropriate, the court is required to give consideration to any good faith effort or attempt by the covered entity to comply with its obligations under the act. So give some good faith effort. Show that you're trying. And if you show that you're, yes, show that you're trying, you won't get hit so hard, we think. The, the velociraptor will not take the whole arm? Yeah, it might grab a couple. It might just, you know, kind of like grab your hand you got some fingers. and like whip its head back and forth like they do yeah oh i'd love to go to universal studios and see the raptors they got dudes in raptor costumes looks really cool mm. that's quite the segue uh but yeah it's terrible like and it's it's very hard on shopify because you know it's a content management system so you have all these blocks so i struggled with this when i was trying to implement it this week was okay well images are images are supposed to have alt text that's part of the image standard is there's an alt in the image and that's the title of the image or describes what's in the image or something like that if if you think of all the blocks on your on your home page where you're putting in images in there there's no place to put the alt text and in the shopify file section there's no place to give the alt attach alt text to an image so it's just like the oh. entire home page is just and because and that you can't go into the code and type in the alt text because that little snippet is applying to I mean even especially this is especially bad in the current version of Turbo, all the images in Turbo are in a single snippet called image element that they then apply a lot of their stuff to where the image will all be properly sized and will be using the proper file format and the image is never bigger than the box it's supposed to be in to save on load times, but what this means is. Every image is one snippet. So I can't put alt text in there because that would be the alt text for literally every single image on the site. And what's funny about this is in Canada, they are much clearer. They say websites have to be accessible, like period, done. Yeah. I believe that's the, the federal law. But again, I don't know what like these standards and enforcement are for that. And so and we, you, you ran into issues just looking up the guidelines and enforcement. Like you sent me a screenshot of one that was like, this page is a placeholder. Don't look at it. 
Like, what? Yeah, I mean, we got accessibility dinged us for something, and I was like, okay, well, I have no idea what that is. Got to Google around to learn how to do that correctly. And the number one hit on the Google search was w3.org, the main standards group. That's the standards for body the internet. for web browsers. And I clicked on the number one Google hit for this thing, and they were just like, uh, yeah, we're still working on this. So this is here, but it's a work in progress and doesn't count. So don't read this. I was like, oh, well, well, I it, could I get in trouble for this though? Like, what am I supposed to do? Yes, and so like you're trying to do your best, you're trying to make it work, you're trying to make it uh, happen, but then you find out like, all right, unless literally everybody from regulate, you know, regulatory committees, standards bodies, uh, third party vendors, everybody gets on board and goes, we're okay. Here's the guideline, here's the standards, and we're gonna adhere to this. And then also we're going to have like actual real life people with a variety of disabilities test these things. Well, then how are we ever going to like, unless we commit and do that, how are we ever going to get through this problem? And it must be maddening to use a computer. Like if you're, if you're blind and using a screen reader, uh, it, it must be terrible. Like we see the code that people write that we're like, ugh, this website is trash. Like I can't even imagine, you know, trying to go by about your day to day, trying to do things online. Yeah, so like 100%, I'm, I'm on board and it's important. The problem is everybody else has got to get on board too. Yeah, no, accessibility, great, good. We want to do whatever we can to make that happen for our clients and for their customers. But there has been a complete regulatory, you know, vacuum of how to do yes. this properly. And the vacuum is being filled by nuisance lawsuits. Yes. So you're so, just like some random mom and pop, and it's just like, well, you need to give me $20,000 or whatever right now. Otherwise, I'm going to take you to federal court, and you're going to have to pay an attorney $20,000, and then maybe you're going to get a judgment against you and have to pay more. You know, and it's not, it's not a great look for e-commerce platforms to have their merchants getting sued left and right. So it's more incentive. You know, unfortunately, these nuisance lawsuits are what drove us to look into and take a serious look at like, okay... What is the situation here and how do we fix it? And I think the same thing's going to have to happen um, for uh, a, a number of, of parties involved to make this work. The, uh, yeah, if, if you're thinking to yourself like, well, you know, that was like one big client got hit with that. In the last two years, I have lost count of the number of people who have said to me that they have been involved in one of these accessibility lawsuits. Like, I know a double digit number of merchants that this has happened to. I mean, and most just gave up and paid the money and it was a non-trivial sum. Yeah. And it, and it's not like paying the lawsuit to that one person and that one attorney. Okay. Well, I got hit. Like it got me, I got the COVID, but uh, at least I'm immune now. You're not immune now because you paid out again. You paid out one lawsuit. It could happen again. There's no guidelines on the ground of what will make me safe from these lawsuits. No one can guarantee it. And that is a problem. So I think, uh, all right, so now if we have suitably frightened you, <laughs> the the answer is uh, check out one of these accessibility enabler apps. I, I've tried several. I really liked Accessibee. Um, it'll let you audit the site. It's got uh, an a very affordable tool to add an accessibility toolbar to the site. Uh, I believe it can generate the accessibility statement for you. But at the same time, like your accessibility statement, you can write it yourself. You need to take it seriously. Like if you're going to put it out there, you got to follow your own policy. Um, but it really just has to say, like, yes, yes, accessibility is important to us. And if you can't, if the website is in some way inaccessible, here's like every way possible to get a hold of us. And we promise we'll take care of it for you. 
that's if you're if you're worried about it if you want to take it seriously that's what you should do and this is not limited by size i mean this should if you are running an online store this at, i think at this point it's now a requirement uh, 100% not yeah. not it's like there's two good reasons to do it one it's good to support people and give them give, it's socially responsible it's socially responsible to give citizens act access to your public accommodation and two you don't want to get sued and lose a ton of money hold up it's safe to say that most of us have been doing more shopping online lately i know i have there's just a pile of packages in front of my door i can't even get the front door open but if you're an e-commerce brand that means you might be seeing more first-time customers but once they've made that first purchase how do you keep them coming back that's what clavio is for clavio is the ultimate email and sms marketing platform for e-commerce brands it gives you the tools to build your list, send memorable emails, automate critical messages, and more. Way, way more. That's why more than 30,000 e-commerce brands like Chubby's, Brooklinen, and Keysmart use Klaviyo to build a loyal following. Strong customer relationships mean more repeat sales, enthusiastic word of mouth, and less depending on third-party ads. Now, whether you're launching a new business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo can help you get growing faster. And it's free to get started. Visit Clavio.com to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com. Talk to him. Now, let's do a website teardown. Here's the thing. We're at 42 minutes. These website Shit. teardowns generally are 40 minutes. Are we going to 80 minutes? What if we do the teardown in 20 minutes? All right. Well, you better speed it up. All right. Uh, uh, let me... I did not realize that our accessibility conversation would be so spirited. Well, I've been struggling with it for the last two days, as you've seen from my Slack chats. How, but you you did it. I well, you I got... I here's the other problem. I did do it. I did typed in all the stuff that accessibility told me to type in, and then when we reran the thing, it was like none of this stuff got done. And I'm like, it's right there. <laughs> like it's there. I did it. So I I don't know. Okay, let's see. Let me let me record my screen. All right, so we're doing Away, which is a travel company. They sell suitcases, but apparently they're a tech company. I don't know why <laughs> that makes them a tech company. They just sell suitcases online. As it's I, it's direct to consumer. I'm pretty sure Samsonite also sells suitcases direct to consumer. Is Samsonite a tech company? No, they are not. Uh, <laughs> if you want the background on here, check out uh, even just their, they have a Wikipedia article. They have been in the news quite frequently over, mostly over a, uh, they had a lot of PR moves, but then some atrocious um, company culture surfaced. Oh yeah, the CEO was like a monster and she got yeah. kicked out. In December 5th, 2019, a report from The Verge described a toxic workplace and quote, culture of intimidation and constant surveillance at a way. And the CEO apologized, said she was appalled to read her own messages. They literally just had her Slack messages in this article. It was brutal. Uh, anyway, all right. So if you want to look that up, feel free. The But let's look at, we're not here to gossip. Let's look at awaytravel.com. I've got it open in front of me. Oh, Do you no. see it? It's a shop drop down. Ah, go. <laughs> Landing on this site, my initial impression is it is, it's minimal to the point of being, it looks sparse. It's bad. It's like too minimal. I mean, and the shop drop down, 
only has five things in it. And one of which is shop all. Just put the four things in the, t- in the main navigation. Agreed. Yeah, I think because you've got, yeah, it could just literally be those four things in the main menu. And then they've got explore that can go in that right menu with like help, our stores, login. Our stores, oh my gosh, they got a lot of locations. Okay, so there's no video on the homepage. There's a little bit of CSS animation that's nice. And we got some social proof. We got some press review quotes. Honestly, my because Away was an early direct-to-consumer darling, TTC, DTC, I expected an experience, and I haven't gotten past the homepage, and I don't own one of these. I really expected a, an experience more like Allbirds, where it was, like, hyper-polished. Yeah, this is pretty basic. At the same time, you know, maybe that minimalism drives conversions, or maybe, you know, no one is buying luggage at the moment, so they gave up. Who knows? I do, on the homepage, they have the favorites, which I like. I wish that was, like, I wish that was the first thing. I think at this point, by the time I hit awaytravel.com, I know what I'm going for. I'm going for bags. All right, so I'm going for, I'm going to go shop suitcases. I want, like, this original core product suitcase. Okay, so the homepage we're a little disappointed on. This suit, I'm on uh, slash shop slash suitcases. This collection grid and page, I like. It's good. It's fine. I mean, it's just another minimalist white space who gives a shit to me. (laughs) So you have, I'm also increasingly um, anti-design, where, like, things get over-designed and I start to lose interest. But I, I like a, co- a clean collection grid speaks to me. And here, the products are fi- all photographed in exactly the same way. This collection grid uh, utilizes white space in a, a phenomenal fashion. I will say I like and enjoy this collection grid. It is not doing anything fancy. They just committed to doing a grid really, really well. All right. Well, they got these little things where you hover over it. And it shows you the color swatches. And then if you click on the color swatches, it, change, it changes the the photo to that color, oh. which is cool from an implementation standpoint, but who is clicking on those tiny little swatches? You know, I would not have thought to do it, but I'm sure I've heat mapped the stuff enough to know that people probably would click on this. I just tried to set them all to the same color. Cause what's nice is it, uh, it remembers like it, it's not just on hover. If you click and then move away and do another one, they all stay. So I set them all to like, I gave them all racing stripes. It's just a radio button. All right, I'm going with the, the carry-on. I, I perceive that the carry-on was like the original core product. So I'm clicking that guy. So what makes this good? It's, <laughs> does it like... Uh, advertising, Paul. It holds your stuff? I believe this was the first one that had a, uh, a power pack built into it. So it had USB ports to charge your phone. Um, and then the FAA said, well, eh, actually, you can't use that. Uh, you couldn't use it as a checked bag, I think was the issue. Oh, yeah. Like, the battery has to always be with you in case it starts smoking. Landing on this page, the product detail page, scroll down to, like, the animated GIF background. This is what I'm here for. Look at that thing. It is an animated GIF of, or video, of, like, a stop-motion video of this bag packing itself. And so it, it's eye-catching, it's cool, but it's also a very a clever way to illustrate exactly how much it holds. And then at the end, a bowling ball hits it. So we're to believe, you know, the polycarb shell 
and then it keeps going. There's actually a lot of that, a lot of these animations. This vi- this animation is in terrible quality. It's like some, it, it's a chunky frame rate because it's stop motion. I'm defending this. It's that it's it's an HTML5 video. No, it's like it's all pixelated. This is terrible. You know, I re- I recall this from some time ago. I think they've this has been the the media they've used for a while because this feels very familiar to me. And at the bottom, we get our our reviews widget. Looks good. Oh, so I can order it with or without the battery now. The Chalet Collection channels the spirit of retro slope style. What? (laughs) Slope style, you know. Is that like skate or die? (laughs) No, it's the... It's, uh... I guess this is a ski accessory? (laughs) For travelers who want to stay connected on the go, it comes with... You know, I have like a $50 Samsonite that I really think is the same damn thing. As an upsell in the cart, I can add uh, checked luggage to it. What is that? Whoa. What does that mean? Really? Oh, you can, doubles the price. Oh, you can add what? Like a the garment bag? Mine. I'm looking at uh, yeah, carry on slash peak. And if I go back. Anyway, I think these videos are trash. They're pixelated <laughs> and terrible. And I guess that's fine that they're stop motion, but at least like take them at a higher resolution so they don't look like trash. And also it looks really ugly how as you scroll up and down the the text on it like reveals itself just like chunkily from behind a uh, like a shade. Like just have so, it yes. be there. Yeah. I I'm with you on the 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 CSS animation in addition to the the video. The pixelated is, video. Is going too far. I mean, how much better would these videos look if they weren't stop motion? But how would you do that? I mean, it's literally a stop motion video. That's how they did it. I get it, but it's like, what if it's just a person actually like doing the stuff, like a pair of hands? It would look ten times better. I think you just don't like stop motion. I, well, I, I just think these videos look cheap. How do you feel about the Nightmare Before Christmas? Okay, see that stop motion, and also, uh, it was Ray Harryhausen's birthday. So on TCM, the only channel I watch, they showed a bunch <laughs> of Ray Harryhausen movies. Who is the king of stop motion? Or you know, like the Empire Strikes Back, everything on Hoth, stop motion. That was done at 24 frames a second. When I see stop motion that's like five frames a second, I'm just like, this is a shitty video. <laughs> All right, I accept, I accept your view. Once I've added the item to cart, and so they tried to upsell me with a personalization. I could personalize it uh, so I can add t- it's a $10 upcharge to get a tag. I can, the initial price they give you is without the battery, and then you add the battery and that ups the cost. And then they'll also offer you, well, hey, did you want to get the matching carry-on with it too? So there's a lot of, lot of efforts to uh, really like dramatically increase the average order value. The other thing that's interesting is in the cart, the discount code lives in the cart. It's not in the checkout. Uh, and then, but in the cart, again, there's even more cross-sells where it's like, add one or two more things. And it's like packing cubes. Who doesn't like packing cubes? I'm getting some packing cubes. What's the mini? Yeah, it, it tells you to add things, but you don't know what they are. The mini is an extremely tiny suitcase. You know what? In the footer of Away Travel, there's a link with the other policy stuff that says accessibility. I'm going to click it. We're going to go over that, and then we're going to wrap up accessibility. We made people listen to this. Yeah, I apologize. Away is committed to providing a website that's accessible and navigable to all consumers. We actively work, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. They define the guidelines they use. We use the guidelines of the Web Accessibility Initiative as a model. Looks like that's from W3. 
while we strive to adhere, uh, we're not always possible at all times. And then they, so they give you like, Hey, if you need help. And then they give you their email address and their mailing address in case you want to send them a letter about it. So, yeah, I mean, that's like, that's what we're looking for is you go, look, we tried. Here's specifically how we tried. And if we screwed it up, here's how to get a hold of us. Uh, but let's give them credit. They're up. These upsells are really good. Uh, yes, they're, they're hitting you with upsells when you add to cart, they're hitting you with upsells, cross sells when you're in the cart. And I'm sure that's a lot of money for them. And I think what's going on with that made menu where it's like shop, then bags, and it's got an arrow. It's trying to funnel me. It's trying to get you to walk through uh, this purchase process. Because if they could do that, like, let's get you to a collection page where we're going to show you and make it really easy for you to put together a set. And I think that's also why I could pick my colors right there, and I've got a four-column grid. So really, it's like, here. imagine this is your luggage, right? That's what's going on here. Uh, and then, all right, I once I start with one and add it to my cart, it's trying to cross-sell me on, well, get the other one. Like, selling... Because we're dealing with a fairly expensive item here, the carry-on I added is almost three hundred dollars. Uh, it once I if I would have added the um, like the accompanying bag, the checked bag with it as well. Now I'm up to nearly six hundred dollars. So it really, I mean, it's a dramatic revenue impact for them. Uh, the, I'm gonna disagree with your police work there, Lou. Uh, it right. makes sense if they were trying to funnel you. If each of those collections were like a different experience when you click on every single link. Like this is the bag experience. This is all this. This is the different way we sell you bags than the way. This is our bags experience. Yes. It's called bag. <laughs> when we try to sell you interior organizers, all these links do is take you to a collection listing. There's no difference in the presentation of what you're getting, depending on what you select. It's just the products in the bucket. And on all those pages, on some of those pages, when you get to the bottom, it says make a set. And you could click on and build a, it has a product bundler where you could build your own set of things. So if they cared about you making a set, they would just send you to the make a set page. Okay. All right. You make a solid point. That's the, How do I get to the set? Ex Where's this make a set thing? You got to go to. Uh, oh, make a set. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's just like an image in the corner. This make a set thing. That should be in the main that menu. That should be in the main that menu. Should be a button. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this... Oh, this is really cool. Yeah, that, it's like a configurator. Yeah, that should be all... This is like all profit for them because it it would it shoots your average order value through the roof and it's it's hidden on the interior of one collection page. Oh, yeah. I just did a set of three with a battery and it's $715. Yeah. Yeah, that's where the money's at. And then when you scroll down, you get your beloved uh, videos. Well, And they all fade in and out like halfway through the page, like the fading where you are on the window scroll is like way off. It's like, I don't, me, I don't need to see things Let me refresh and see if I can get this. Oh, weird. I refreshed and scrolled to the bottom and I just got the footer and then I scrolled up down and then it appeared. Yeah. So it lazy loads this thing. So you don't like that it's got like this kind of parallax scrolling thing going. I just don't like the fade out, the fade in and out. It's just like, just let it be there, man. Stop trying to be... Stop trying to be so freaking fancy. Yeah, well, and then also doing that, like, load in and out does occasionally create layout issues. In this case, in the reviews, the ask a question button, the layout broke, and now it's, like, it's literally in the middle of a review. All right, so here's another weird thing. Where you're looking at sets. Yeah. That makes sense. Go to one of the... Go to awaytravel.com 
slash uniform. Okay. Travel uniform. This is another product bundler. Oh, look at this. Which is, it takes you step by step and you can build them each individually. Which to me- I like this. Which I feel, this feels like a way better way of doing it. Huh. To carry on with a pocket. Oh my gosh. Who doesn't want the pocket? And the battery. And this thing. Okay, and then, yeah, you're right. It's like multiple product forms. And then you pick, you pick your two bags. And this together, they're $425. That's a $45 savings. All right, this, this was our worst teardown ever. <laughs> I'm calling it quits. I'm packing it in. I'm not, I'm not traveling anywhere. Come on, Kurt. I've, this is a $1.4 billion company. Doesn't this look like a... You're kidding. Yes, no, that's their valuation is $1.4 billion. Okay, well, then I don't feel bad about being hard on them. <laughs> $1.4 billion? Yeah. For, for selling a Samsonite knockoff? Yeah. Yeah, they're not, right. not going to exist in two years. Oh, brutal. Set a reminder. Hey, Siri, remind me in two years. <laughs> is Away still around? I'm on it. Okay, your reminder is set for tomorrow at 2 p.m. Oh, oh it's gonna ask Siri, no! They're probably going to be around then. Oh, by, All right. by the way, the horrible CEO that resigned, uh, she now says that it was not right for her to re resign. So she changed her mind. I I don't know. I read in that Wikipedia article they said like uh, that they claimed it was bad reporting she, after the but it was after they apologized and it had screenshots it, from their Slack. It was yeah, it was literally screenshots of all the horrible shit she said. She apologized and resigned, and then was like, "By the way, that was all lies." Then why did you resign? <laughs> oh, and I remember they had it was the idea was they had open culture was the and the way they achieved open culture was. You like you weren't allowed to use email or DMs. Like it was supposed to be everything just goes in a general Slack channel. Yeah, everything was public in Slack. Yeah, so that she would uh, like dress down people in the Slack, but it would be in front of the entire company could see it, and then that's what the screenshots were. Well, on. and it was all and it was all this weird stuff where it's like, hey, I'm not being negative right now. I'm just trying to like call you in so we could all work together in like getting this going. And it's like, yeah, if you no matter what language you count you couch it in. You're telling someone they did a shitty job. Like in front of their peers. Yeah, it's like I'm trying to have plausible deniability that I'm being really nice to you right now and not telling you you're doing a shitty job, but it might be better if you were just like, yeah, you suck. <laughs> that's Anyway, that, that's how oppressive devils talk. All DTC startups should be flushed down a toilet. And that oh is my, my that is my quote for this episode. Oh. Jesus. Ugh. Mindset. I don't know why. <laughs> All right, well, this has turned into a train wreck. Let's get out of here. <laughs> the Please, uh, if that didn't frighten you off, join our Facebook group, the Unofficial Shopify Podcast Insiders, and I promise we'll do better next time. I only mean, I only mean like the fancy ones, by the way, that are like venture-backed and full of, full of shit. Not everyone. Okay, so just the... There's a list of approved and disapproved DTC startups. Paul Reed is the sole arbiter. Exactly. And Okay, so we'll... All right, that... At Paul Rita on Twitter no. and let him know <laughs> which you feel belongs in which column. <laughs> and he'll publish his findings at a later date. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very good. <laughs> All right, Mr. Rita, let's, uh, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> One last thing. If you're new to e-commerce, you're probably thinking what we all were in the early days. Where the heck do I start? 
Product photography? Discount codes? A logo? Thankfully, there's a simple answer. Start with your theme. Your Shopify theme is your online storefront. Picking the right theme influences the way your store looks, how it works, how easy it is for visitors to see your brand's value. And that's what makes or breaks your conversion rate. With nearly a decade of experience building beautiful, performant themes, my friends at Out of the Sandbox are experts in knowing what it takes to make your store a success. From the unmatched speed of Turbo to the endless customization possibilities of Flex, their themes are designed to look great and, more importantly, help you sell more. Whether you want to upgrade your existing theme or launch a brand new online store, Out of the Sandbox has a theme for you. Visit outofthesandbox.com and use promo code KURTS20 for 20% off their best-selling themes, Flex and Turbo. Go to outofthesandbox.com unofficial, promo code KURT20 for 20% off Flex and Turbo. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe up over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including links to sites we discussed, and maybe some details you missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors, so please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at EtherCycle.com. Thanks for listening. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.